Next on BYUSN, a bowl game blitz, prime transfer portal, and a spin of the college football coaching carousel. How does it all impact BYU? And BYU men's hoops held South Dakota to nine free throws in the last 10 minutes. So they won, right? They won, right? You want answers? We've got answers. You just might not like them. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, December 5th. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. Just another manic Monday. And if Cosmo would like to video bomb the show at any point, why not? See around here? Uh, he was on uh, Saturday. Little did we know this was the highlight of the game. Uh, came seven <laughs> minutes before. And this is behind your hit. Now, the best thing about this is you don't have a return feed. You're not seeing what's behind you. You're just staring into a lens. And this is Cosmo. Just... You, ha- you have to tell me what's happening. I know. I go, hey, Cosmo's behind. <laughs> Look at the handstand, dude. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Well, and that was here. And then yeah, the game yeah. was here. So, um, yeah, on today's show, Isaac Rex is in studio <laughs> to chat about the bowl bid transfers. Cade Fennigan. Let's talk about Cade because we've got some news with Jake Conover, of course. Jamal Williams keeps scoring touchdowns. All-Americans, record runs, volleyball season ends. And what in the world happened with men's hoops? Oof. First net of the season is out, and uh, it's bad. I would have preferred if BYU had made uh, a shot at the net to end that game. But much more coming up here at today's headlines. Not good, Bob. 7-5 BYU football have won three straight. That's good. We'll square off with the 7-5 SMU Mustangs on December 17th okay. in the land of enchantment, or the land of the enchanted if you're George Bush. The New Mexico Bowl awaits. It is the second time BYU will face the Mustangs in a bowl game. Okay. BYU's first ever bowl win happened against SMU in the 1980 Holiday Bowl. Remember, Jim McMahon, Clay Brown, Miracle Bowl, Hail Mary. BYU this time around opens up a two and a half point underdog to SMU. Is Jaron Hall going to play quarterback? We'll see. We got some stuff to discuss later on down the week as well. BJ Reigns of Bronco Nation News reports Boise State Edge and special teams coach Kelly Papinga is going to leave Boise State for a job at BYU. We'll talk about this in a moment. Also, three Cougar players announced they are entering the transfer portal over the weekend. Quarterback Jacob Conover, offensive lineman Campbell Barrington, and wide receiver Terrence Fall. Today, the portal opens officially. Apparently, there are going to be 1,300-plus available on the transfer portal as of today. That's wild. Unreal. Cougars in the NFL, led by Jamal Williams, who ran for his NFL-leading 14th rushing touchdown this season in a Lions 40-14 win over the Jaguars. Jamal has as many touchdowns all by his lonesome as the Denver Broncos have as a team. Unbelievable. Fred Warner had an interception and three tackles and another 49ers win over the Dolphins, fourth pick of his NFL career. Tony Takitaki had nine tackles in the 27-14 win over the Texans. Tyler Odier, 55 carries, uh, uh, yards on 10 carries against the Steelers in a 19-16 loss. Michael Davis had three tackles. Kyle Van Noy won it. The Chargers lost to the Raiders. And Taysom Hill, Daniel Sorensen with the Saints, play the Bucks tonight on Monday Night Football. BYU men's basketball. Late rally against South Dakota falls one point short. Shocking loss Mm. Saturday as the Cougars fall to the Coyotes 69-68 at Vivint Arena, snapping BYU's 17-game win streak at Vivint Arena. The Cougs, after setting a school record with 19 May 3s against Westminster, responded going 7 for 33 from deep. Yikes. BYU will look to bounce back this Wednesday at home against Utah Valley, a team who beat BYU head-to-head last season. I remember that. 
Seven seed women's volleyball swept James Madison Friday in the NCAA tournament first round, then lost in three to two seed Pitt Saturday in the second round. The Cougars went 22 and seven overall. The United Soccer coaches have honored BYU soccer juniors Jamie Shepard and Brecken Mazingo as NCAA Division I All-Americans. Shepard caps what was already a very decorated awards hall for the season, having previously received West Coast Conference Midfielder of the Year and All-WCC First Team designations, while Mazingo had a career year in which she led BYU in goals, assists, and points. Both on the second team, I agree. Casey Klinger broke the BYU men's indoor 5,000 record Saturday, 13-17-36, 11 seconds faster than the previous mark set by Connor Manson 2021. That is unbelievable. On to some swim and dive news. Evan Vandersloos, Emerson Edwards, and Diego Camacho competed Friday at the Toyota US Open. Vandersloos and Edwards both posted career best times in their respective events, while Camacho won the 100 meters backstroke event. All rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. Dropped in the backfield. Puka Nakua. Go Hinkley, go touchdown. What's Trending presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. An extremely busy weekend, mm -hmm. impacting BYU on several fronts. Football, basketball, notably at the top. Uh, as I mentioned, Jerem, bowl game, SMU, okay, that, that's nice, but there are a bunch of other moving parts around this, including the transfer portal, some coaching news, and then, oh, yeah, what happened at Vivian Arena? We need to dive inside just how BYU lost to South Dakota. But let's start with the New Mexico Bowl. BYU and SMU matching up in the postseason for the first time since that Miracle Bowl win in 1980. What do you think of the draw and matchup for BYU against the Mustangs? Yeah, I think it's a fun one. Uh, SMU is a team that's been interesting uh, this year. They had to get hot to just to make a bowl, uh, one four out of five. New Mexico Bowl by itself is interesting since BYU ended the group of five era in the New Mexico Bowl against UTEP with a big win there. Was that that game? It was super boring because BYU dominated. And then uh, this game ends the independent era. So pretty interesting. Obviously, the history there with the bowl game, as you mentioned, and a couple of meetings in the 90s when SMU was actually in the same league as BYU in the WAC. In fact, there was an overtime win in Dallas uh, at the Cotton Bowl where Kalani Stocky had the lead block oh, yeah. as Brian McKenzie goes in for a score. So, yeah, two very good offenses. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, quarterback, 10th in the country in yards per game. Rasheed Rice is number one in receiving yards per game uh, and with 10 TDs. So, uh, SMU's offense, uh, given the way BYU's defense has played at times this year, could shred the Cougars. Yeah, hold on. Here. Hold Ho on. Hopefully BYU shows up and plays well enough. I'm not counting on the defense to pin them down, per se. I'm counting on the offense to match. But that's assuming Jaron Hall's healthy. Uh, left with an ankle injury. Hopefully the severity was mild enough to where he can play and play effectively. But if not, Jacob Conover's out, so Cade Fennigan's got to be ready to go. So, New Mexico it, Bowl, it's fine. Which, by the way, I feel like every year BYU fans are shocked at the bowl games that BYU goes to. It's like, oh, these stink! What, we've known what bowl games BYU could go to the whole time. I'm just, I'm just always surprised that Cougar fans are surprised. Um, and, and there, yes, there are some better bowl games. But, like, okay, if, if you go to the Texas Bowl, sure, it's better. It's a better opponent. It's more money. 
Are you just looking for a better team that you're going to play? Is that what Cougar fans want? BYU got all the team they can hope for in SMU this time around. And, like, how good of a team do you want seven and five banged up BYU to play? Because BYU won't beat a good team in a bowl game right now. They are super banged up. Look at you know what, what I mean? happened in Shreveport last like, year against nine and four UAB. Like, what do you want out of this? I just want to win, you know? And, th- and this is a game that uh, certainly is going to be a, a, perhaps a shootout and one that BYU could win, but hey, got to outscore them. I feel like I should point out that Cade Fennigan was in a boot like a week ago. So. I don't know who, about a week ago, but against Utah Tech, yes. It was two or three weeks ago. Well, who's, but yeah. I mean, BYU is facing a reality where a banged up Cade Fennigan could start. And if he's not okay, then it's. Is his maybe, ankle worse than Jared's? Like, maybe Soljay Mayava Peters. Oh, gosh. Who was the fourth string and, quarterback. And maybe the Soljay is coming out party on the field and he's awesome, but we've never seen him. Do anything. Oh, you got to throw it back to the 1992 Aloha Bowl to find the last time BYU had to go this far down the depth chart to put a healthy quarterback on the field. It was Tom Young. It was Steve Young's little brother. He was the fourth string quarterback behind John Walsh, Steve Clements, and Ryan Hancock. All and, those guys were and injured. B- and BYU's not even going that deep. They'd go to third. BYU lost that game 23-20. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Don't give it, up an opening kickoff. Or did, or did BYU score the kickoff? I, I, I believe they gave it up to Kansas. To Kansas. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. BYU is in a real, real tough situation not knowing who's going to play quarterback against a team that scored 77 points against Houston earlier this year. Gave up 63 as well. And won by 14. Their defense stinks, by the way. They're like bottom 20 in, in points, rush yards, and, and uh, total yards. This feels like a BYU-Arkansas type scenario. First team to 45 wins the game. It, it has, the, has all the makings of a shootout. Jaron wasn't healthy in that game, and it, and it hurt BYU. Jaron may not be healthy in this game. We'll see. Okay, topic two. Today the transfer portal is officially open. They have activated the Stargate, and it is uh, created. Over the, next, uh, uh, over the last week, two notable backups announced they are bouncing. Jacob Conover, quarterback, Campbell Barrington, which makes you think that uh, uh, Clark is gone. Um, and receiver Terrence Fall also added. Dar- Dallin Hoker, of course, after game three, put his name in. Um, regarding Conover specifically, what does this say about the quarterback situation right now, that Conover is jumping to the portal? Well, I mean, I understand why Jacob Conover is leaving. Because BYU's coaching staff has done very little to show that they have confidence in his ability to lead this team moving forward. They've given him no clear indication that, yeah, you're the guy and we expect you to compete for that position moving forward. This, this makes total sense to me. So I know some BYU fans are like, hey, four-star, the guy said no to Nick Saban. What's going on at BYU? No, we, I felt like this was coming. Those were true facts you just said. Sure. I felt like this was coming a long time ago. Just because of, and I don't know why, I don't, I don't know why it has it now become a situation where BYU's coaches, specifically Aaron Roderick, don't have that level of trust in Jacob Conover. I, I don't know. I, I, A-Rod's the only person that can answer that. And but, he doesn't, let's say he doesn't. He doesn't want to say it publicly and throw him no, under the bus. No. That could be a jerk like that. Like, Obviously, behind closed doors and on the field, as you've mentioned, I've agreed, we've talked about it during the season, is, hey, they, they don't think he's the next guy, clearly. Otherwise, he would stay and compete for the spot. It's this has been his fit. dream yes. to be the BYU quarterback, 100%. and now he's leaving. His, his uh, you know, uh, girlfriend is on the soccer team. He drove gonna... a minivan with a BYU Sailor Cook logo on it for the like, past This guy years. loves BYU. Clearly, <laughs> he's not going to actually be in the mix for the starting role next year. 
And, no. and, and that, much, that much was pretty evident this season. If Jacob Conover, if they had that much confidence in him, they would have started him against Notre Dame. Like if Baylor Romney was on the team this year, he would have started in the Notre Dame game because Jaron didn't practice at all. You don't want to play that guy if he can't practice. You want to play the backup. So unfortunately, for whatever reason, maybe, maybe he can't make all the throws they want him to make or something. But wait, and I'm going to say this. This is not an indictment on Jacob Conover, but let's just be real. The high-profile quarterbacks BYU's gotten in, in Ben Olsen transfers to UCLA, in Jay Keeps transfers to Kansas and Miami, in Tanner Mangum had a tremendous freshman year. After that, it was a struggle, and now Jacob Conover. For whatever reason, unfortunately, that doesn't mean success. And panned That out. doesn't mean you play or play well. Did you mention Brett Engeman? Brett Engeman. Another dude that came as a high-profile yeah. guy. Sophomore or uh, junior year, pretty good. Bounces, doesn't get drafted, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's just because, like, BYU's greatest quarterback in the last 10 years was a three-star in Zach Wilson, right? And Taysom Hill, uh, you know, goes to Stanford, good, comes back, they release him, he goes, whatever. It's not always about that. Like, Jaron Hall, three-star on a Maple Mountain NFL guy. What would Steve Sarkeesian have been, a two-star? He was a high-profile Juco quarterback, yeah. Steve Young just, was an option quarterback. I want more four stars, but it doesn't guarantee anything. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I don't like the quarterback situation here, but I 100% understand why Jacob Conover is in the transfer portal because the staff and the coaches have told him, even without maybe telling him, you're not the guy. And, and I bet they had a frank, open conversation with him. I think BYU does that with its players. Where, Hopefully, Here's yeah, where we, yeah, what sure. we see with him. And it. maybe that frank, open conversation happened recently, and that's why he's like, okay, I'm out. But, I mean, indications would suggest that it was, gonna, he it was wants happening to play. a long time so he's ago. Gonna go awesome. He should play. And I hope he has a great career wherever he lands and he finds the right fit because BYU is not the right fit for him right now. So, therefore, BYU is going to go get a high-profile, probably P5 guy, maybe a Juco guy too, maybe both. On the coaching front, who is the right fit for BYU right now? Because B.J. Raines, Boise State Insider, reporting Kelly Papinga, who coached special teams and linebackers for the Broncos this past season, is expected to leave Boise State for a position at BYU. Undisclosed on the specifics of the position at BYU, but it is You would think linebackers. And maybe special teams as well. I don't anticipate him being the defensive coordinator. Um, He hasn't called plays before, and I think there are other candidates who at this moment are perhaps a better fit at that position. But if BYU brings Kelly back, this is awesome. Love Kelly. Think he's tremendous. He's coached some really good backers over the years at BYU. You think about some of those excellent linebackers, including Fred Warner, uh, that's a K-pop guy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm stoked if this is the case. BYU's not announced that he's coming back, but BJ is a good reporter. We've uh, worked with BJ over the years with BYU and Boise State games. So um, if he comes back, perhaps he's coaching the linebackers. Now, we've not been told that there's an opening at that particular position, but Spencer, I would not be surprised if there are more coaches who aren't on the staff next year than have been announced. All we know is that Elisa Tuyaki has said, I'm out. That's it for now. There will be others. And now a report surfaces from a Boise State insider that Kelly Papinga is coming back. Okay, so that's one for one, but let's not be naive. There are several moving parts behind the scenes. We can't help but wonder, okay, well, who else is leaving and then... Who else does that create openings for? I, I, it's On the defensive side of the ball, there will be several, I imagine, given how it went. And when the D.C. goes, there are multiple changes. 
And then I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least one on the offensive side of the ball. It, it, it's rare to just keep everybody. I, again, this I'm is anticipating not a, at least half the staff is going to be turned over. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is a business. Like, sometimes we think we raise our arm and, like, hey, you're called to serve on the staff. Sure. No, you're not. No, E2 Iaki wants you to be are a not. head coach. Ed Lamb wants to be a head coach. Both those guys could go somewhere else and be head coaches. Absolutely. Like, right? And if you're not good enough, you get let go. That's how this works. You are here to win games. Okay, topic four. BYU men's basketball loses 69 to South Dakota. What the fetch? (laughs) What happened? That pretty much sums it up. What? What? Um, So somewhere along the line, BYU failed to execute the game plan that was to shut down South Dakota's three-point shooting. Because... A lot of open threes happen for South Dakota, a team that clearly wants to shoot a ton of threes. They made 19 three-pointers the game before they played BYU as well. Yeah. Cahill Fennell told me, assistant head coach for BYU, that BYU needed to defend the three-point line against South Dakota. That did not happen for the better part of three-quarters of the game on Saturday. So many open looks for South Dakota. They made a ton of those threes. Twelve. Twelve of them. I know that shooting 60% is outside the norm for basically any college basketball team. Duke, North Carolina, South Dakota. It doesn't happen often, but you got to defend the three-point line better. So it starts there. BYU's defense was not good. And then, shocker, when you don't make shots on the opposite end, South Dakota builds a 21-point lead, and you're playing catch-up once again. BYU was down 21 points. With exactly 10 minutes to go. Essentially the start of the fourth quarter. 21 points. Cut it all the way to one. Have the ball and a chance to win. And almost poetically, in a bad way, BYU loses the game, missing another three. An air ball. <laughs> Going seven for 33 as a team like, from beyond the arc. The rim. What happened? Murdy, yeah. South Dakota took advantage of not great BYU defense on the perimeter, made shots, and BYU did not make three-point shots. That's what happened. BYU defensively did a tremendous job the last 10 minutes. Did not allow a made field goal. Incredible. Nine free throws allowed. That was it. That's how you come back from 29-9 run, plus 20, you were down 21. BYU had plenty of opportunities to do this. Some weird calls certainly in this game, but BYU did not play good enough defense. BYU right now needs to figure it out. Leaderless, not skilled enough in certain positions, not uh, defensive-minded enough, not getting the ball and making certain shots. This team's got an issue. At the moment, this isn't even an NIT team for BYU men's basketball. Hoping they figure it out. They've got some talented pieces. you got to figure it out now, but this team's got to get to the NIT. NCAA tourney ain't happening for this group, it doesn't feel like. But get to the NIT, build something, and then go to the Big 12 with hope that you can add some pieces and perhaps challenge for an NCAA tournament spot. Right now, BYU is a quad three or quad four game for every team they play on. 190 the in the net, which is ridiculous. What in the world? Uh, yeah, South Dakota beat a quad, a quad three. That was a quad four win for San Diego State. Because BYU what? is 190. Ah! All right, time to hear from you in Voice of the Nation. With so much going on after a loaded weekend involving BYU, what has your attention the most right now as it pertains to BYU sports? Is it the matchup against SMU in the New Mexico Bowl. Transfer portal news with Campbell Barrington, Jacob Conover, Terrence Fall all leaving. Just throwing down Holker as well. Coaching news or the loss to BYU basketball. What's got your attention? BYU Bogey on Twitter answers. 
every rumor about the football defensive staff. <laughs> I just want to know who the defensive coordinator is going to be already. Yeah. Hey, we all do. Hey, but that, hey, we'll tell you this. They're moving quick, okay? They're trying to move quick. Check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tomorrow night as the coach and a player look ahead to Utah Valley and Creighton this week, plus Cahill Fennell in the film room, 8.30 Eastern, tomorrow on the BYU TV. Up next, the Elk, Isaac Rex. All he does is score touchdowns. He's back in studio. We'll talk bowling against SMU hey. Albuquerque, what he thinks of the matchup in this transfer portal business. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Like I said, he scores a lot of touchdowns. Did we get Yo-Yo Ma for that piece? That was awesome. Isaac Rex is the keynote guest of our show today. We welcome him to Studio B and all of you back to BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Isaac, great to have you here. What's up, man? Yeah, whoever made that highlight needs a raise. You guys need yeah? to uh, I think it was one of our money. fantastic students. Well... You guys should start paying him more because he did a great job. We don't that. dictate that. We just read stuff. <laughs> a vote of approval from Yeah, Isaac stamp of approval from the Elk. He made me look pretty good in that. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely, you want that guy to get a raise after he made you look amazing. It, yeah, right? seriously. Yeah. It could have been one of our female students. Let's, let's, <laughs> well, let's paint it on guy. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We'll find out. We have a lot of yeah. amazing we'll, women. We'll, do, we'll find out who did them. that. Yeah. Isaac, you know your bowl game opponent now. Yep. SMU in uh-huh. the land of enchantment. Yeah, New Mexico Bowl. Oh, How are you feeling about the draw and the bowl game? I'm excited. I know a lot about New Mexico from Breaking Bad. Yeah, and show. Better Call Saul, baby. Yeah, I need to watch it. Don't spoil it. That's up anything, next. But I heard it's really good. Don't um, spoil always... it. It's a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. There are still spoilers. I know, I know. know. But uh, spoiler, no. Just but, I mean, I know about New Mexico. It seems like a great place, you know, from what I've seen on TV. But. You know, we made a bowl game, and that's that's huge for us this year, especially that, that stretch in October was tough, man. And so being able to crawl out of it and get back to um, winning was huge for us, and we're excited to go to New Mexico. We're excited to play a really good team in SMU. I think they only lost to TCU by eight, eight or something. That was one of TCU's six games yep. by one score. Yep. yep, and so they're a legit team, obviously. They're in a good conference, and there's a lot of history with the, the Miracle Bowl and stuff, so – no, we're way excited to go down to New Mexico and play a good team. Yeah, what you want is interest and storylines, right? Yeah. But what matters to you with a bowl game? Is it opponent, the bowl itself, the swag you get, the weather? Um, well, I feel, yeah, the weather's huge, actually. So you loved Boca Raton? Well, I wasn't even there. I was in the hospital. So. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't even actually in at the game. But oh, in, Shre- in Shreveport. In Shreveport. Year. No, I'm oh, talking Boca, Boca Raton. Raton. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, didn't yeah, you catch yeah. a touchdown? No, 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 no. Yeah. I was at Boca Raton. Shreveport, I was not there. What happened last uh, year? Remind me. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, I, I broke my leg. and so I was, Oh, of course. You were yeah. in the hospital. Sorry. I was in the hospital. Of course. Against USC. But, Thank yeah, Shreve, uh, Boca Raton was awesome. That was good it weather. It was such a good bowl. But we were only there for two days because of COVID. So it was basically like a normal road game. So we didn't even really do anything. Yes. I think we went to the beach once. But now we'll actually have like a fun bowl experience. We'll be able to do some activities and stuff. Um, but mostly the opponent, you know, we 
care about who we're playing. We're going to be watching a lot of film on SMU. We're going to be seeing their tendencies and how they play the game. And so we care more about that than pretty much anything. We could play wherever. I do remember that you uh, broke your ankle. <laughs> yeah. Be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, but you can get a lot of these things in the New Mexico Bowl. And I know some Cougar fans are like, oh, we want a bigger, better bowl game. It's like, at 7-5, and five, you yeah. get what you get. Uh -huh. And at one point, you're 4-5, and five, yeah. and you don't know if you're even going to make one. No, exactly. So to make one and to play a team like SMU, who has an incredible offense, yep. this could be a fun game to watch. No, for sure. It, it could be a definitely fun game, and we're just excited to you know be out there playing one more game. And It's an earlier game. We don't have to wait until past Christmas or something. So we'll be fresh on our minds playing. We'll be practicing. So we're excited, man. Let's talk about how your role has evolved from the point you broke your leg against USC last year getting healthy for this season and then at sometimes and this is me saying it, it it felt like you were a little bit lost in in the offense but then you kind of emerge again late in the season you start to catch some more touchdowns so how has your role evolved and how have you worked through those frustrations yeah i mean i feel like the whole team was kind of lost at one point in in that october stretch um, we obviously start off the year going four and one and everyone was feeling good everyone was excited but when you lose games, people start nitpicking things and they start saying, oh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And, you know, winning pretty much cures everything. And so when you lose games, it's, oh, why isn't Rex getting the ball here? Or why isn't they trusting Jaron? Why aren't you throwing it to Puka? Stuff like that. And so it's just everything's heightened. And so when you when I hear like, oh, they're not using Rex at times, I'm like, yeah, but the reason you guys noticed because we were we're losing, if that made sense, you know? Sure. And so um, hopefully we obviously want to get back to that winning so everything could have been cleared out and everyone's happy. And we obviously want to make the fans happy, but we want to be happy inside our own locker room too. And I felt like these past couple games have been awesome. And it's just been fun slinging the ball with Jaron and running the ball with Chris and, and Hinkley. And um, everyone's just been happy and um, enjoying playing football again. It's like, oh, when Jaron and Chris are uh, more healthy, things go well. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> what a crazy idea. Yeah, and obviously Jaron's injury was a tough situation for us. He's our leader. He's our captain. And another day he wasn't healthy. And that whole stretch of October, hurting your shoulder as a quarterback, especially th your throwing shoulder, I mean, I don't even know how you can play. And so there was a lot of guys that were banged up and, and hurting. But a shoulder for a quarterback is, is tough, man. So... Jaron was a warrior, but that was actually a huge thing for us. We couldn't throw the ball as effectively just because of Jaron's shoulder, you know? So tell us about Cade Fennigan and Soljay Maiava because mm -hmm. Jacob's in the portal. Um, hopefully Jaron is good to go for the bowl game. But if not, what kind of player is Cade Fennigan, for example, who has been hurt himself with an ankle injury? Well, if you go back to, I think, 2020, he played against us. Um, Obviously, he was thrown in a tough situation. Their backup quarterback got hurt, who was my quarterback, uh, Jack Sears, in high school. Nice. Cade gets put in, and he does a good, relatively good job for what, you know, obviously we, we blew him out, but he's a warrior, man. He's a, he's a player, and he's a smart guy, highly recruited guy. Um, he's got a good arm. And then Sol Jay, Sol Jay he's, he's a runner, man. Like, he can make guys miss. He's elusive. He's... Uh, He's like that old-school Hawaiian quarterback, you know, that's just – he'll run it, but he can throw it too. And so we're excited to, if Jaron can't go, to see one of those guys step up. And Nick Billups too is another guy that could fill that role. Bill Barr employee number one Another right there, San Clemente man. guy, another SC 
boy, and so um, he can fill the role too. He's similar to Soljay, is that he has good legs and a strong arm. So we'll see what happens in these next couple weeks in practice. Isaac Rex is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We mentioned Jacob Conover. He's in the transfer portal, as is Terrence Fall, Campbell Barrington, uh, one of your tight end buddies, Dallin Holker, left early in the year. So mm -hmm. those four guys, we'll see if there are any more. How do those scenarios impact the locker room and the culture of a football team? Um, it's tough to see guys leave, but ultimately you got to do the best for yourself at some times. And I felt like Jacob and, and Terrence – and Campbell, I felt like they weren't, they felt like they need more playing time. And so I feel like that's a very valid reason for them to leave. Um, and no, I feel like there shouldn't be any resentment towards them. There's no resentment in the locker room, at least, because guys understand this is a business now. We're, we're making money. There's an opportunity to, you know, build your brand. And if that means going to another place and doing what's best for you and your family, then you got to do it sometimes. And so maybe if you don't feel like you're getting developed, here, then you got to do that also. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of valid reasons to leave. I feel like um, the transfer portal is also weird because um, you see guys like like me and Dallin. It was fun. We were like playing with each other and having a good time. But um, he obviously felt like he needed to do the best that was for him too. And I don't have any resentment towards him either. But um, yeah, obviously Dallin was he was a great player. He like had a bunch of catches the first couple games, but. If you feel like you could do more or improve then, and you want to leave, then that's what you got to do. And so um, we love those guys, and we'll obviously get more transfers coming in. That's just how sports is now. It's basically free agency and college football. So It really is one-time free agency. It really is one-time. You time. can go wherever. You can get acceptance yep. for maybe a second. Uh -huh. It's interesting. Um, against Stanford, uh, you're, not, you're now tied in receiving touchdowns career with Dennis Pitta. How much better are you than him in college, you think? <laughs> no. If you look at Dennis' stats, it's not even close. I'm sorry. Dennis. He was amazing. He, it was ridiculous. I looked up a stat and how many – he had like 1,000 yards in a year. Mm -hmm. Like a year is ridiculous in college football, especially for a tight end. You oh, don't yeah. barely even hear that for a wide receiver getting 1,000 yards in a year. So it's not even close. Dennis, Dennis is the way better player. And Fine. But – I, I know you guys have a little rivalry got going a little on. Beef, got a little know. beef, you know. Yeah. But he's moving down to San Clemente, actually, so yeah. he's, uh, we'll be seeing him a lot oh, more. Oh, great. He's another actually going <laughs> to – Another reason to like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love Dennis. He's actually a really cool guy, and he loves BYU football. Well, he has been living with his parents. Um, <laughs> what, what dude that had a $32 million contract, you know, that lives with his parents? You know I, what, well, he's you know building a house, I think, uh, right. in yeah. Southern I don't California. care what the reason is. So if you're building your own house in Southern you're California. You're a multimillionaire. You probably got to live with your family. You deserve to live with your family for maybe. <laughs> you can afford an apartment. Maybe a couple, like Come on, months, man. But he's fine. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be making multi-million dollars uh, here, here in the Hopefully. next couple of years. Uh, you and Lexi are expecting a kid. How's that, uh, how's that coming along? Yep. April, a little boy. Um, awesome, man. We're thinking basketball player. I married. I married up. Married tall. Okay. Married a volleyball player in Lexi. Okay. So you're just gonna meet player. in the middle with basketball. Yes, I think so. Okay. Football is a little, a little too tough on the body sometimes. I think, and we need some more, you know, tall shooters back on the on the BYU team. I feel like, and so, I'm gonna raise my kid to be a, a good, six eight, uh, power forward shooter. To <laughs> so be a stretch four. Yeah, stretch yeah. four. Yeah, just yeah. shoot threes. Yeah, three, shoot three and D. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how the games evolved now. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, we're excited. We, we can't wait. <laughs> a 6'8", stretch four. Or maybe even taller. 
The, the next Kelly Olynyk. Yes. <laughs> Way better looking though. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. That dude we can play, but he ain't a looker. Okay. He has zero swag too. It's just like ankle swag. <laughs> It's like ankle socks and basketball shoes, and he goes out and plays every day. Get some, get some uh, shampoo and conditioner on that, yeah. uh, on that lettuce. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He looks like Cam Rising. <laughs> but Cam Rising, he he balled out on. Yes, this, he right? did. Hey, look, yes, he did. He's a baller, and we hate to admit. It. Yeah, he, he's a baller. He's a baller. Isaac, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Twelve days from only twelve days. That's it. You're in a bowl game in twelve days. Hurry up. Wow, that's quick. That's right. actually get, get Jaren's ankle ready. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, seriously, let's go. <laughs> Work some uh, Miyagi Maybe, magic uh, no, on that. Did we need it? We needed a tricks. bowl game after Chris for Jaren's ankle. Jeez. Okay, yeah, here we go. Take the car. You can give it to him. Get it. Get yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. Yeah, yeah, well, I will. Yeah. Thanks, Isaac. Good to see you. Oh, you guys are awesome. Okay, Wednesday night, uh, Hoops looks to bounce back against that uh, weird loss Saturday in South Dakota. Oh, the Wolverines from the Cement Palace of UVU coming in. 8 Eastern BYUSN game day. We'll get you ready. Up next, just how concerned are we about BYU's initial net ranking? 190? It's not even top half in college basketball. Yeah, I'm concerned. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's so bad. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Uh, follow the show on social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Our homie Big Game Boomer ranks BYU-SMU in the New Mexico Bowl as the 21st best bowl matchup. Bummer not to make the top 20. I think the matchup is better than number 21 of all the bowl games. It's an entertaining game, and I think that we will see. 2-7-5? Well... I think people just want to be entertained. And frankly, I think it's going to be an entertaining matchup. Hopefully it's high scoring and it's a shootout and we all are celebrating a BYU win. That's the only way BYU wins, I think. I don't see a case in which BYU dominates on defense. I just think SMU is too skilled there. BYU Outscore SMU, up. yeah. Jaron Hall's ankle is the key to all of this because even if it's healthy, BYU still may not win. I, I am concerned right now about Jaron Hall's injuries going into this matchup. Jerem, we were all wondering what in the world is going to happen in the college football playoff selection after some crazy upsets over the weekend, notably Utah upsetting Oregon. TCU goes down for the first time in the Big 12 championship. Did the college Utah over USC. Yeah, or Utah over USC, that's what I said. Sorry. Did the college football playoff committee get it right with the top four? Yeah, it, it wasn't hard to get this one right. Um, you know, going into the day, the top three were going to get in regardless. I'm glad that TCU got in because they they got uh, they got jobbed a few years ago when they won and got pushed out for Ohio State, right? Was it way back in 2014 or something? But I, I'm glad they got in. Sure, Big 12 thing, the whole connection. But just as a college football fan, that was the right move. Then it was interesting to see Nick Saban go on the car wash around everywhere. trying. Which to, team would be favored? Yeah. Which, which... Once that's not, I don't like that argument, right? Um, it's it's no. What have you? What's your resume and what did you do? I think they got it right. Who earned it? And the four teams that earned it are in the college football playoff. Alabama and Tennessee have no business being in the college they football playoff. They blew it. Playoff. They had their opportunities. I know if Alabama they had lost. one loss. That would have been a more sure. interesting conversation. No, and it would no have been Tennessee being in the college football playoff conversation. They got it right. Jamal Williams still leads the NFL with 14 rushing touchdowns. Will he finish the season? 
as the leader in the NFL. We're this far into the season, what's to make me think that he won't? Only one or two up right now. Like, he is the goal line option. And I love that Sports Illustrated, at SI now, said only three things are certain in life, death, taxes, and Jamal Williams touchdowns. <laughs> if, if the Lions are on the two-yard line, it's going to be a Jamal Williams touchdown. Yeah. You can't stop it. You know it's coming, and people can't stop it. So, yeah, I, I believe that he has earned the right for me to say he will finish number one in the NFL. Hopefully he does. Nick Chubb's two behind, and then Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs are uh, four behind him. Listen to those uh, names. Derrick Henry behind Jamal Williams Pretty rushing awesome. touchdowns. Pretty awesome, man. Uh, hopefully he does. I think that'd be really cool. I think he will. Will the Lions be like bubble playoff team? <laughs> oh my goodness. In the first official net rankings of the season, BYU men's basketball comes in at, I'm sorry, 190th? 190? How concerned are you about the net ranking at this juncture? Very concerned. That's the seventh worst in the West Coast Conference, by the way. And it's the lowest I can remember BYU having a net in the net era. What is this, year four? Uh, yeah, this is bad. Beat UVU if you somehow pull, uh, play like you did against San Diego State, but finish the deal against Creighton, who was number seven, but they've lost uh, three in a row, it sounds like. Yeah, perhaps you climb up a, a bunch, but yeah, no, this team's got some issues and they've they've got some work to do. Hopefully games against Creighton and Utah, and then- Utah beat Arizona last week. Two with Gonzaga, two with St. Mary's, San Francisco. Hopefully BYU picks up a win or two in that. For what end though? Well, just, it's just so to they're make, not 190? It's just to make the NIT. I just want this team to make the NIT. Absolutely, oh, I want them to make postseason. They're not so. gonna sniff the NCAA tournament, I don't think. Maybe they make a great comeback, but if they make the NIT, you at least had some progress. Because right now, BYU ain't a postseason team. Anymore. Yeah, well, I'm concerned. 190 is concerned. Yeah. Uh, the final uh, the final 10 minutes of BYU uh, South Dakota lasted 51 actual minutes. The final two minutes took 24 actual minutes. Was that worse than the actual loss? No, nothing is worse than the actual <laughs> loss. Nothing. I had that taken an hour and a half to finish the final 10 minutes, and BYU wins the game. Great. But eh, not, not great. Was it worse? No. The loss is just like that's probably the worst loss in the Mark Pope era. Well, that and at Pacific. At Pacific was 298 in final net. Um, Where will South Dakota be? South Dakota was two. Uh, I want to say 228 going in. Oh, 205 going in. 228. Depends who you ask, but okay. so they weren't quite in the 300s, like almost Pacific. But, but they. What if they are in the 300s when this thing's over and done? No, it's a bad loss regardless. Is it the worst loss? Well. Declare later. BYU women's volleyball goes out in the second round to a very good pit team. Did this women's volleyball squad over or underachieve this season? Uh, this is a sweet, we get to the Sweet 16 school. That's what BYU does. When they don't get to the Sweet 16, it is an underachievement, and uh, BYU underachieved a little. They were still really good 22 and 7, second in the league, one in the NCAA tournament. That's all awesome. But this group has a high standard, and I think they underachieved just a little bit. Uh, because they didn't get that second game. Not earning the home games was the issue. The moment they had to go to Pitt, they were in trouble because Pitt's really good. Pitt may make the Final Four. For sure. Yeah, BYU needs another pin hitter. I yeah, mean, when you are When you are relying on one pin hitter, it's going to be a tough uphill climb. You can only be so good. You get another pin hitter, now we're talking about a Sweet 16 team. So BYU yeah. feels really good about the recruiting class. Came good, in, by the way. fantastic. Yep. Disappointing for sure. I, I think it's fair to say that this team 
has built a reputation on getting a Sweet 16. They didn't get there, so yeah, we, we can call that an underachievement. It doesn't mean they stunk no, or anything. No, they're, aw they're the awesome. The standards high. They're awesome. Yeah. Just didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. If you missed it, Deion Sanders is coming to Colorado. At one point in his introduction to his players, he encouraged them to jump to the transfer portal. Whoa. What do you make of Deion's first impression in Boulder? Well, that's a lot. So it's, I mean, it's in your face, right? But that's who he is. Yeah. It's exactly what I would expect from Deion Sanders. To a level, I respect that he is that clear with the guys. Colorado went 1-11. People are like, oh, no class for him to come in and say that. Colorado went 1-11. He's challenging those guys, saying, hey, if you want to compete, step up and stay here. If you don't, get out. And bringing in, he said, I'm bringing in my bring, own luggage. I'm, I'm bringing in my own luggage. And it's like, what do you say, Gucci? <laughs> it's Gucci luggage, it's Louis Vuitton luggage. He's bringing in four and five He's going to bring in his son to play quarterback no, from Jackson he's, State. He's not even done playing with Jackson this State. Is, this is a call to arms for all those guys in that room. Like, hey, show me what you got or get out. Like, it's exactly what I expected from him. I need a reality TV show with you. I really do. But I can't wait to watch it on the Pac-12 network. <laughs> oh, wait. You can't make fun of him too much. We don't have a ton of HD here. Uh, double, double double machine Lauren Gustin has won in each game this season. She's been awesome. Cougars host Utah big Woo. game Saturday, 7 Eastern on BYU TV. Of all the news over the weekend, what's on your radar? A very busy Monday. Get to more of your responses next with Voice of the Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Sports Nation, we are live in Studio B on a Monday. Our question of the day is this. After what was a loaded weekend of BYU news, bowl game, coaching news, transfer portal, big basketball loss, what has your mm. attention the most right now I just saw something. within BYU sports? Okay, did a you want to A certain that? players enter the portal who is engaged to a current BYU uh, soccer player. Oh. So there you go. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> some news. But still with some eligibility. Some news. Yeah. People now vigorously <laughs> going to Instagram and, and Twitter to find out. Okay. Answering our question of the day, what has your attention the most? Jonathan Hulkinson on Twitter answers, players entering the transfer portal and new coaches being hired by BYU. Well, it's a coach thus far, we think, according to one report. One coach being hired by BYU thus far. Have my attention the most as both of those will have the biggest impact on how the first couple of years in the Big 12 will play out. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of whether it's transfer portal or the coaches. Um, yeah, but it all has our attention, of course, on this program, five hours a week. But it's uh, to me, it's who the defensive coordinator will be. And who else is leaving? And who else is coming in on the staff? Coaching matters. Certainly players win games. But coaches can change everything. Um, so can a quarterback. Sonny, look at what Sonny Dykes has done at TCU. He was at SMU last year. He walks into TCU, poof, they're in the playoff. Like, could, they have the same players, do they not? Like, very similar. They added some pieces. Uh, but how important is a backup quarterback, by the way? Ask Max Duggan. Ask, ask him. Ask him. Because that is needed. BYU did not have that person in place, and that's what... If Baylor Romney plays this year for BYU, are they one game better? Yes. At least? Uh-huh. Does BYU beat Notre Dame? Maybe. BYU beats you at ECU. For sure. Yes. With if Baylor, Baylor Romney? If, if Baylor... Like, like Jaron is still hurt in that game. It makes the difference. And so BYU's got to get not one, but two, in my opinion, quarterbacks to come in. 
to yeah. compete? So the biggest question marks for me are, yes, the quarterback position, both for BYU in the bowl game, who in the world is going to start for BYU if Jaron Hall can't? I, I, I'm serious. Oh. I think it's a negative how early this game is. Unbelievably Jaren difficult has, scenario. Jaron has like, what, two and a half weeks, three weeks total? Yes. To get his ankle yes. right? And if it's a high ankle sprain. If it's high, he's not going to be able good, to be effective. Good luck. And guess what? BYU may just start him anyway. He said he's playing in the game for sure. He told that to Unrivaled on KSL after oh. after the Stanford oh. game. Oh, yeah. I asked him in the post game. And he told you as well. Yes. Like, we've heard mo- right after the game, a couple days later. Da, da, da. He said, absolutely, 100%. I'll be playing. It's like, mm. But we had no indication going into last year's bowl game that he would not play either. That was that was a, a thing. Like, and competitively, Jaron is in no has no obligation to state whether he's actually going to play or not. Are we in a scenario where Jaron Hall and is it's never competitive? Play in, he's never going to play in a bowl game. If he doesn't play in this bowl game, he Maybe. will not have played a bowl game at BYU. It's weird. It's weird. There, let's talk about competitive lying. If he if he is one hundred percent sincere, that's another. I'm not calling him a liar, but it's okay in that situation to say yes, I'm playing, yeah. knowing you may not. It's okay. It's called gamesmanship in sports. Are you honest in your dealings with your fellow men if you do that? <laughs> I think you still are. Because it's sports. It's a thing. It's, it's different it's realm. It's how you do. But, but ultimately, who the defense coordinator is uh, a big deal. The portal and the quarterback's a big deal. The portal and running back's a big deal. But I think if BYU shores up that defense a little bit, that was part of the reason BYU only went seven in the regular season this year as well. The defense wasn't great. In fact, it stunk. Uh, mm. for a large portion of the season. You know who BYU fans need to show more love and appreciation for? John Beck. Because John Beck is one of BYU's biggest recruiters. And I think that John Beck in some way, shape, or form is going to play a role in getting BYU their next quarterback through the transfer portal. That'd it's not great. a guarantee, but I think it's going to happen. He works with a lot of quarterbacks, and he speaks very highly of BYU and Aaron Roderick, and he can point to the fact that he's coached up Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall now. And you, you think that the guys that he's working with have, uh, are paying attention to what he's saying and what he's doing and where he played? 100%. Yeah, so I'm paying attention to that. The quarterback situation for BYU, and, of course, coaching is always fun. It's compelling. Right? It's compelling. We want BYU to be in a better position going into the Big 12. Who are the coaches that are going to take BYU there, that are going to get BYU ready to transition into the Big 12? I think half the staff is going to be turned over. That's what I am anticipating. Very well could be. I, in fact, I'll be surprised if it's not. When you have a year like this where the defense didn't play well, there, there are changes. There are changes. It's what happens. It's the quarterback, okay. by the way, we wouldn't know. You could have a verbal commitment, right? Someone who jumps in the portal verbally commits. They'll, they'll announce them, perhaps, on the 21st, which is the early signing day. Our Elite Voice of the Day, if presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, comes from Andrew Garrett on Twitter, who said, aside from the coaching staff changes, there you go. it's the New Mexico Bowl for me. Okay. Play the last game of Independence back, where BYU played the last game as a member of the Mountain West. Yep. Then say sayonara to Independence, Big 12 up next. So the New Mexico Bowl is the transition yeah. bowl game for BYU from Group of Five to Independence and then from Book Independence ends. to the Power Five. Yeah. Just like we all wanted. <laughs> BYU, BYU earned the New Mexico Bowl. They earned the Seven and five earned. Yeah. This is an appropriate reward. Yes. People that think that it's not we, are crazy. We reaped what we sowed. Yes, yes. It is a principle of eternity. Yeah, and it's a good matchup. Speaking of eternity. It's going to be a long time until Wednesday, but we'll get there. BYU, Utah Valley, Men's Hoops. You can listen on BYU Radio. Cougar Pregame Live starting 
at 8 Eastern. And in the spirit of BYU and SMU, arise and oh, shout out to oh, a oh. miracle. This is BYU Sports Nation. Remember? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This show is on demand because you demand it on the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app or download the pod. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And if for no other reason than just to watch some unbelievable bowl game highlights that feature BYU, let's just uh, do it. Throw back to 1980, the last time BYU and SMU matched up in a bowl game. So long ago. Clay Brown had himself a night. Clay, Br Clay Brown has an argument for best tight end in BYU history. In spite of his superlative efforts, BYU trailed by 20. That would have been reviewed. Four minutes and, to go. Who yeah. knows if that would have been a catch? Uh, there is Clay Brown scoring again. Down 25 now, with four-ish to go. Here is Clay Brown with the game winner. Unbelievable. You're down 20 points with three minutes and 58 seconds to play. Catholic to the Protestant and then Sorry, the what? missionary put the PAT through. Always a, always a fun story. that Like, what is more dramatic than overcoming a 20-point deficit in 3 minutes and 58 seconds on a football field? Very dramatic, especially against a team that had early NIL deals illegally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Pony Express oh, with yeah. Eric Dickerson. Oh, yeah. No, Craig James. No, for sure. Now, in Lavelle Edwards, and I've said this a few times, he's, he said he felt more pressure going into that game than yeah. he did even the national championship game. Got it done. And then there was an OT win with Kalani Sitake as a fullback in the 90s for BYU as well. And then uh, another game in there in, in uh, Provo. So. Let's hope BYU's yeah, not down 20 with four minutes to go against SMU in the New Mexico hey, Bowl. Hey, Jaron's ankle is the key to this whole thing, man. Our thanks to today's guest, Isaac Rex. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, it ran out of time. Isaac thinks you're a better tight end, I guess. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. It's all about the tight ends in today's show, right? Clay yes. Brown, Dennis Pitta, Isaac Rex. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Evan Pilgrim. We'll see you back here tomorrow in Studio B. Go Cougs. He was announcing the family kid right there.